welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. We have had so much fun having Bob Goff with us uh, Several years ago, he came and spoke. And if you remember, he did four different services. And then we didn't know what to do. So we're like, we tried to show everybody on, uh, as many as we could. And then we put it back online. And then I asked for permission to show it again on another weekend. And he said, you can't broadcast it because I'm not omnipresent. You know, I haven't worked on that one yet. So anyways, we, we just, we enjoyed that. We said, would you come back to Sparkle and speak for Sparkle and please stay over and at least preach one time at our church. He agreed to do this. This is very, very rare for Bob to do that. I want you to understand that two things. First of all, he doesn't like to stay on the overnight and he graciously gave us this opportunity to stay and do this service. So this is a very special thing from him. So we're delighted for that. And then the second thing, in his contract, it said, if, if any of my children are pregnant and I'm going to become a grandpa, deals off. Like, I'm staying. And we just prayed, and, and he's going to become a grandpa, but it's outside the window of tonight. So praise God, he's here. Can you welcome with me Bob Goff? Come on, let's welcome as he comes tonight, encourages us, and brings word. Yes. <laughs> Come on, Tesla. Boom. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Oh, pull up a chair. Hey, this is so great being with you. I am going to be a grandpa. I've been wanting to be. I've been sending my kids and their wives and husbands to hotels for so long. <laughs> I don't like hoodies that they make people. But, uh, but, but yeah, it's happening. We just found out the flavor is going to be a little boy. And you know what I want to be is famous with my family. How about you guys? You know, you don't want to be known by uh, everybody else. And uh, sometimes what happens is we get so busy trying to provide for our family that we don't actually end up providing for our family. And when we get confused about what it is, and I love it, it's Hebrews 11.1 1, I want us to point towards. And the verse says this, the faith is confidence in what we hope for. And it's assurance about what we don't see yet. And I would say, if we if you come to our faith gatherings like this, we just say, it's good to be reminded about what faith really is. Confidence in what you're hoping for. I've been hoping for kids for the longest time. I was hoping we'd have some, and then I'd hope they'd have some. <laughs> My son actually went to Hawaii. He called me up. He said, Dad, it's been raining all week. I'm like, Yes! <laughs> More wine to the cabana. Like, <laughs> confidence in what we're hoping for. Well, the, the person that's helped me learn the most about faith, like know what I'm hoping for, is Sweet Maria Goff. This is Sweet Maria. She's just so amazing, but you're so different. Like she's so shy. It's called extreme social anxiety. I don't know if any of you have that. I won't make you raise your hand because you'll have a stroke. But... <laughs> This was actually a picture of Maria I took a few weeks ago. She went somewhere with me, and there was people there. She's like, literally, it's extreme social anxiety. I get around you guys. I'm like, people! <laughs> she thinks having me in there is a lot of people. She's like, yikes. 
Uh, uh, but what I'm learning from John 17, it's this beautiful chapter in Scripture. We get to put a glass up against the wall and hear Jesus talk to his dad. And he said that people would know uh, what this relationship between he and his father was by seeing the way that we're one. And I experienced that last time I was here, this oneness. But, but oneness doesn't mean sameness right? That we can be very wonderfully different. I can be like this. Every family has a lawyer and a nutty uncle. I'm both. But we wouldn't be the same, but we could still be one. And what I was hearing from just the announcements this uh, today, the things that the way, the way that I've experienced you, like this is a church that's one. The reason that you're growing like a weed is that people are seeing how you're one. And you couldn't be more different. I, and I'm wonderfully different from you. Like one of the things, like if I wanted to stack wood, I'd just throw it all in a pile. If Maria wanted to stack wood... <laughs> But sometimes we're so, so busy doing stuff that we don't get a chance to be one. That we're not together because we're so busy. How many of you folks can relate to this? Like if they made like a gear shift, <laughs> be like looking for a higher gear. And at some point we need to just chill out. Can you just like take a breath? We're not going to do yoga, but just here, like, take a breath. Because <sighs> even if you're watching online, chill out, get a corn dog, like something. Because <laughs> what's happening is that you're, you're not one because you're so incredibly distracted by everything. Some of you are like that, like dog and up. I'm like, squirrel. <laughs> yeah, boo. One of the things we need to do is actually have the conversation. Like you're so stressed out, you need to actually talk to stress and say, dear stress, let's break up. <laughs> one of the ways that we become one is that we don't get distracted by things. And for me, you know what it meant? It's like, stop watching television. I just read these things, they're called books. They're awesome. <laughs> this is my last day watching a TV show. I literally saw that news. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I'm like, what? I wonder why I'm like so on edge. It's because people are stabbing people evidently with squirrels now. Well, those of you that know me know I uh, write books occasionally and I, I'll put my cell phone in the back of the book because one of the things about Jesus, he got more and more available. The people were one with him because he was available to them. I don't think we grow where we're informed. I think we grow where we're accepted. And what I'm trying to do is just make myself available to people. There's a two million people that have my cell phone number. <laughs> crazy. I get a hundred calls a day. I can't get a thing done. It's terrific. This one kid called me up. He calls about every three weeks. He just cusses at me. <laughs> I thought I knew all the cuss words, but evidently there's new ones. And I finish the conversation with him the same way every time I tell him, I will always take your call. I've spent 32 years as a lawyer like uh, winning arguments. You'd know if we were arguing because I'd be winning. <laughs> but I'm not trying to be right anymore. I'm trying to be Jesus. And being Jesus means being one, sometimes the people that you disagree with the most. You want to know where you're at in your faith? See how you're treating the people you disagree with the most.
This whole idea of like, that they could be summed up in the gospel, this idea of faith, it isn't just what you're hoping for in an assurance, but it doesn't apply just to the nice people. Like, I mean, who wouldn't like you guys? I mean, you're low-hanging fruit. Who, you, everybody would like you. What about the people that like give you the creeps a little bit? I realize I've spent my whole life avoiding the people Jesus spent his whole life engaging. And we can't say we're one and then pick every other one. It'd be like reading every other page of the scripture and thinking you know what it said. So I think we need to do this. Just love everybody always. Say it with me. Love everybody always. One more time. Let them hear you outside. Love everybody always. And start with the people who creep you out. No pointing. You know who you are. Because here's the crazy part. We creep a lot of other people out because they don't understand you. You talk about the Spirit. You talk about Jesus, this invisible guy. You'd be like, yikes, right? But that idea to realize that God is up to something different in their life that he's up to in your life. Take any Saturday and there'll be a wedding planner praying for sunshine. What's a farmer praying for? Rain. And if it rains, it doesn't mean he doesn't like the bride. He's just up to something different in someone else's life. People who are one realize that. They chill out. They just take a breath. They just break up with stress. They, they have confidence in what they're hoping for, assurance in what they haven't seen, but they're not like telling everybody else what to do. Stop being Jesus's lawyer. He doesn't need one and you're not good at it. Like, We've, we've had just this little bit of time together. I've been trying to help these guys in Washington, D.C. Sort, sort out this dispute they're having. It's not working, as you've noticed. And I, uh, I flew there. This guy actually has a plane. And we, I thought we were going to land at Dulles. And we turned and we landed this like airport out in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, who are you guys? They're like outfitting planes with cameras. I'm like, yikes. Well, we, we land and the guy said, do you want me to blow your mind? I'm like, buddy, I didn't have much to start with. And he, he opens up this hangar door and inside he's rebuilding the original Air Force One just because he can. <laughs> I'm like, you are creeping me out. Well, we're sitting down at this table and all these guys are yelling at each other. And the guy, uh, the guy next to me pulls out his phone. And he's, there's a text message in there. It says, do you know who Bob Goff is? <laughs> like, oh, that's awesome. Well, he tells me about this guy. His name is Greg Murtha. And Greg had been behind Bob Buford's like halftime movement and promise. He's just this phenomenon. Greg got cancer. He'd been through 100 rounds of chemotherapy literally on his deathbed. And my friend texts back to him. He said, Bob's sitting right next to me. And 30 seconds later, he got another text message. And he said, will you ask Bob if he'll write the foreword to my book? And people, there's only one answer to that. If you say no, you go straight to hell. Like literally, you, you don't even die, just eternity separated from God. And <laughs> so I said, you know, like, I, I, I would just be so honored uh, to do that. Here was the problem. Greg went to dance with Jesus the next morning and, and I spent, I'd only met Greg one time in my whole life. And so for the next 30 days, I went around to all of his friends and said, tell me about Greg Murthen. You know, to the last person, they said he was a guy who had confidence in what he was hoping for. 
He had assurance in what he hadn't seen yet. I want that to be said of us, don't you? Like it's just, they were just confident. You got to know what you're hoping for. But we got such a little bit of time to do it. I brought this to kind of illustrate this. And none of us know how long we're going to live, but how long do you think? How many years you got in you? Okay, well, do the math for me. What are you going to get to? 80. Okay, I'm giving you 82. You're welcome. So, <laughs> but this ain't happening. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm 59, so this already happened. Like, literally, you guys, this is how much time we have. And actually, I eat Pop-Tarts. I like, love those things. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can't get enough of them. Well, but here's the deal. We've got this little bit of time. You know how I want to spend it? I want confidence in what I'm hoping for. Assurance in what I haven't seen yet. And I'm not going to spend it arguing with people. I'm not trying to be Jesus' lawyer. I'm not going to be spending it stressed out. I'm going to know why I'm doing what I'm doing. Say that. Why I'm doing what I'm doing. You will very rarely see me without wearing this stupid Boston Red Sox hat. I don't like the Red Sox. I've never even gone to a baseball game. You know why I wear it? My neighbor, Carol, was a huge Boston Red Sox fan. And she got cancer. We knew we, she was going to start her dance with Jesus by the end of the week. And so I made a deal with her. I said, Carol, I'll wear your Red Sox hat for the rest of my life. But in exchange, every time Jesus walks by you, you need to mention my name. <laughs> person, Matthew, and said, I knew you not. I'm like, Carol! So <laughs> confidence in what you're hoping for, assurance in what you haven't seen yet. But I hope in Jesus is hearing from Carol. Well, one of the things that we do is not just hope stuff for ourselves, but I love that you're a church. Part of being one is hoping for others what you're hoping for you. And so if you've been reading the newspaper along with me, you see that Afghanistan is falling back to the Taliban. I left there a, a week and a day ago. We, we, I got 130 Afghan leaders together to meet me in Kabul. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> what a bad idea. Well, when you're actually flying into Afghanistan, I mean, it's a combat zone. And so you actually, you, it's like full combat, everything. Here's the crazy part. I'm sitting in the right seat of this plane we've chartered. And, like, and, the, and all of a sudden, that ears just like explode with the static. Because what they do is they jam all the radio signals so no IEDs will take you out. And then they turn off the GPS. Like, so they can't target your airplane. I'm like, dang. <laughs> but I had confidence in what I was hoping for. Assurance in what I've seen. We've had, you don't have to be in an airplane in a hostile place. You, you could have a hostile environment that you're in. It could be a lousy work environment. It could be a lousy something. Some of you uh, are doing these jobs that you've outgrown. You've changed. That's the way it's supposed to work. New creation. Every single day. I spent 59 years being old Bob. Sweet Maria hopes I'll come back new Bob. Like that'll be like a home invasion. It'd be like, I don't even recognize you. Like that's who we want to be. I'll tell you what, go home tonight and write your resignation letter. Literally stamp it, address it to your boss. Give it to your husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend. You got to pick, you can't have both. It's another discussion. But, but, 
give it to them and say, if this job ever gets in between us or gets in between me and Jesus, you mail that thing in. You don't even need to tell me, I'll find out. Confidence in what you're hoping for. Assurance. And you start walking confidently, keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus, knowing there's nothing that matters more than this thing, us being one, and you and whoever it is that you love the most. I just thought those are people that spend this much time, the time that they have left. People will actually start believing you. I've got a friend who's the voice of Disney. What a great gig that is. At the park, if you hear the voice, it's his. In a movie theater, if you hear the voice, it's his. This is his business card. People believe what I tell them. And it's true. He could tell me I'm hungry. I'm like, who's got a corn dog? Like, I just, I believe what he says. You want people to believe what you say? See what you do. See, if you're the ones that are just talking about it, it doesn't matter what your faith looks like. It matters what it is. Confidence in what you're hoping for. I'm hoping for more faith, assurance in what you haven't seen yet. You want more faith? Go do more stuff. Go do hard stuff. Stuff that's uncomfortable. Don't do it because baby Jesus needs your word. Help. I mean, read Revelations. He's out of the crib. Like, <laughs> do it because you know what you're hoping for. You have assurance in what you haven't seen yet, but you're hoping for other people what you're hoping for yourself. And the person that taught me this was my grandparents. My grandfather was a fireman on the, on the docks in San Francisco. He, he worked there for 40 years, the graveyard shift. He never even put out a fire. I don't even know if he knew how. <laughs> but he loved me without agenda. He just loved me because I was me. He just saw me and he saw who I was turning. You know the crazy part? My, put that picture. My grandfather's on the left. <laughs> I don't know if that was like he dressed like that all the time or that was just Tuesday. But, but he was a guy who knew how to love me. He's a person that understood about the stress. He just eschewed all that. He just said, I'm not going to get tied up in that stuff. I've been to Africa now 50 times. And I never take the malaria meds. I mean, like, what are the chances? <laughs> I got malaria last time I was there. Nearly killed me. I, I, you know what Jesus said? Small things would become big things. I mean, think how small a mosquito is. And it, it landed me in the ICU for two weeks. We just got the bill, $140,000, and it's not covered. <laughs> there goes my Prius. But here's the deal. Small things will become big things in your life. And Jesus talked about a mustard seed. He said it's the smallest of seeds. I'm a lawyer. I checked. It's not. I, I, the, the Peruvian orchid is the smallest of seeds, but the story wasn't about the seed. It was about what it turned into. You want to have confidence in what you're hoping for? Let God turn something small into something big in your life. And the whole idea isn't to just have you be happy, it's to give other people rest. And you know what? I think, I think that's why God made the church. Of all the names in scripture they could have called you, they called you the bride of Christ. Guys, have you ever gone to a wedding and when the, the bride's walking down the aisle, you hold up a, like a 6.5 and say like, I've seen better. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> 
The bride is beautiful on her own, but it's all eyes on the groom. Have confidence what you're hoping for, for this church. Remember Van Gogh wrote this, made this beautiful painting. It's called Starry Night. The, 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 it isn't about the clouds. It's about the only building in that painting that doesn't have the lights on is the church. He was in an insane asylum at the time. He's feeling totally isolated from everybody. He hadn't experienced the oneness that you guys are spreading all over this region. And people see the church when they haven't experienced one, they see all the lights out. And then you guys pop in with confidence in what you're hoping for, assurance in what you've seen, three inches of life left in you. And not, I don't want people to meet my opinions. I want them to meet Jesus Christ. And that's where it gets good. But we get like, we get that we look like we're awake, but we're not. It's like the lights are on, but they're off. My son, Richard, sleepwalked. Does anybody sleepwalk in here? It'd be, you must have such an interesting life. Hey, and literally, somebody should be your biographer. My son would wake up all throughout high school. At two in the morning, he'd walk downstairs in his boxers and right out the front door. Like, so I just got used to waking up at two and I'd walk out the front door in mine. And well, it's gotta be a misdemeanor. But I would just be standing with him at the edge of the road. I mean, we were quite a pair. But I didn't want to wake him up because I read the book. He'd be 50 and still living with me. So I... I would just stand there until he said, I think I'm going to go inside now. Being one means being with people. And you can't be with people that you don't know. And you can't wait for them to get all dressed up before you'll be with them. Just be with them. I, and, and don't worry about getting some on you. Get it all over you. You'll look just like Jesus Christ. But don't look like you're awake. Don't be the church with the lights out. Be one. Find somebody who creeps you out today. Just engage. Come be. I probably creep you out. Like, but, but find that person. Engage them with love. Don't, not with an agenda. Don't tell them what to do. Tell them who they are. Remind them you're beloved of God. Right? And that's when they start waking up. There's not a lot to do in Uganda. So do you know what we do? We catch chickens. Because they're difficult. That's good aerobic exercise. Put family fitness out of business. Look, what we do is we'll catch a chicken. And did you know you can hypnotize a chicken? <laughs> you can. There was a church that made the mistake you did and invited me back. And I, <laughs> and I brought a live chicken with me. I'm not kidding. And I put the chicken up on this table. And I started rubbing its neck. And after about 20 rubs, it's out cold. And I put my hands in my pocket and I went to the edge of the stage and I gave the rest of the sermon. And all 5,000 people are thinking, when's the chicken gonna wake up? I'm like, that's exactly how God feels about you. <laughs> right, because we look like we're awake, but we're not actually awake. That's that spirit-filled life. It's the thing that you can function. We go like, no, it actually wakes you up. Hanging over my bed in my room was a priceless painting. My parents, the firemen, got it for $1.50, including frame at Target. And it's this cardinal, and the guys puzzle. How do I draw that guy awake? <laughs> right? What would he actually look like if he was fully awake? And so when we think about this series coming about, the spirit-filled life, that's like, that's it. Yeah. And so it's waking up and saying, I got 
this much time. I'm going to know why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm going to write that resignation letter, give it to the person I love. I'm going to actually uh, like know what I'm hoping for and have confidence in the stuff I haven't seen yet. But what we got to do is help people ask the questions, not give people the answers. I, I, I love that moment where, where Simon Peter figures out that Jesus isn't just a, a teacher or a prophet. He says, you're God. And you know Jesus' response to him? Don't tell anybody. Mind blown for all evangelicals. Like, I think he means this. Show them, don't tell them. And you know the way you show them? Be one. Don't be the same. Be wonderfully different. I was walking down the beach in Naples, Florida, and these two guys are trying to help their buddy ask the most important question he'll ever ask anybody. Like, will you marry me? And you know what? I, the reason I took the picture is that they can't give the answer. All they can do is help people ask the question. Let Jesus Christ help people find their answers. I don't want people following me. I want them following him. I don't want them to think I'm a knowledgeable guy. I, think, I want them to think he's Jesus is Lord. And that's where it gets really good. And it'll bring you to some creepy places. But we got to be weak, not strong. I, I, I'm fine after this whole malaria thing. You know the cool part? I lost 30 pounds. I, I literally, I'm going to write a weight loss book next. It's going to have one mosquito bite you. All goes away. <laughs> New York Times. Well, one of the things that, that we've been doing, though, is thinking, how can I actually get involved in other people's lives when I'm not being authentic myself? I was with a group of people, and we all, the only thing that I have that this, this hangover from malaria is my left hand now shakes, and I have no idea why. Something just got, did my right hand bring your eyeballs up? I can do Lasix. But like the left hand, be like, you'll die a thousand deaths. So... <laughs> We were all standing together and, and somebody said, let's all hold hands. And you know what I did? I put my hands in my pockets because I didn't want people to think I was weak. I've been studying the miracles that Jesus did. There was 37 of them. Remember, what was the first miracle? Water into wine, really easy. What I've been studying isn't just what the miracle was. I said, what did people say about that? You know what Mary said? Do whatever he tells you to do. I would say, if somebody said, how do you become one in the context of this and all the satellite churches? I would say, just do whatever he tells you to do. You know the seventh miracle? It's the guy with the withered hand. You know what Jesus said? Stretch out your hand to me. I love that. He could have fixed it in the guy's pocket, but it's like that idea, stretch out your hand. Don't stretch out your strong hand. Stretch out your weak hand to people and they'll see Jesus. You stretch out your strong hand, they'll see a person that has all the answers. You stretch out your weak hand, hand they'll actually start asking the answers for themselves. And, and, and don't believe me, it's, it's 2 Corinthians uh, 12. It just says, in my, in, my, in my weakness, Christ is made strong. That's what I want to do. I want to find people that are at their weakest points. And those of you that have been tracking what we're doing, we're in Afghanistan now in a big way. We actually have started a school. The Taliban won't let little girls learn how to read or write. You know why? They're girls. And there's nothing that scares a terrorist more than a girl with a book. And so we started this school. We painted it pink. <laughs> In your face. We've 
spent $1 trillion arming people, this is what you get for a trillion dollars. You get a bunch of people. You know what you get for a nickel pencil? You get her. And I think that's what we do. We start hoping for others, having confidence in what you're hoping for, assurance in what you haven't seen. And it's gonna take you to some crazy places, but Jesus isn't wowed when you go across an ocean. He's dazzled when you go across the street. When you find somebody you've been avoiding, somebody that's been creeping you out and you just go, I'm gonna engage them without an agenda, but with just a ton of love and then just see what happens in your life. It's crazy, but you gotta answer the same question I've gotta answer, which is what Jesus asked every blind guy he met. <laughs> what do you want? So people, what is it? What do you want? And if you want a Porsche, just get it out there. I want a Porsche. You're not getting one, but get it out there anyway. <laughs> Figure out what you want. And then just do a ton of that. You know what I want all the time? I like this. I, like, I love this stuff. <laughs> you could put it on metal shavings and I'd eat it. <laughs> Here's the deal. If you don't know what you want... If you're moving through not knowing what you're hoping for, you'll be like this dog that just goes and gets like everything. <laughs> Figure out what you want for you. Figure out what you want for the people that are closest to you. Continue to be like curious about it. I, I, I have this old suburban and we drive up to Canada. Last time I was with you, our lodge that we'd spent 20 years building, remember, it burnt to the ground. You know what caused it? Two guys took two oily rags, they put them together, spontaneously combusted. When I tell you that small things can become big things, I mean it. They can actually become huge things in people's lives. Like, I guess what I want to do is make the right stuff, the right stuff, the big stuff. What I want to do is I keep my eye on the ball and, and, and I, this is going to take a hundred little mid-course corrections on your part. It will. You know what has happened since the last time I'm with you? I've learned how to fly a helicopter. It's not because I want to be a traffic reporter. I'm just curious about this. Here, I'm going to give you ground school right now. Put out your right hand. Even if you're watching online, put out your right hand. People won't laugh. Well, they will, but do it anyway. <laughs> okay, that's forward. Go forward, backwards, side to side. Okay, now reach down with your left hand. That's the collective. That's like the, the gas pedal for the blades. Start pulling up on that. Keep it steady. Now, the more you go up that, the plane is torquing. So the nose is starting to go to the right. So put your feet out. <laughs> Give it a little right pedal. Feel like, so I was trying to hover and, and the, I started drifting to the left. So I went way to the right. And then we weren't even in the same zip code anymore. So I went to the left. The guys are like, stop it, stop it, stop it. He said, what I want you to do is make about 10 movements every minute the size of a quarter. It'll be a lot of little movements that'll get there. It won't be this big like, I'm gonna change everything right now. That might've been your conversion experience, but now if you have your faith in Jesus, how do you get to this place where you're starting to hope for others what you're hoping for yourself? It'll be a hundred little movements. They asked that of the astronauts. When they were on their way to the moon, they say, how did you navigate there? And I love that they said this, we keep the moon in the window. <laughs> Simple enough, right? Just keep the moon in the way. Say it with me. Keep the moon in the window. And the moon ain't made of cheese. 
And, and Jesus Christ isn't made of just a bunch of happy feelings. The gospel isn't a bunch of doctrine. You can have great doctrine and lousy theology. You keep Jesus Christ and him alone in the window. You express that to everybody by being one, wonderfully different. Somebody does something weird. Say, I'm just keeping my eyes fixed on him. Guys, have you gone through the day and realized your shirt is one button off? And literally, I thought, that's just Tuesday for me. It's just, I'm like, rats. And I think the people that have informed my faith the most were a couple buttons off in theirs. They'd say something, they'd go like, actually, does, I don't know if it works that way, but what it does, it drives me back to the scriptures. It says like, what is important? This decision, like when I was gonna be a grandpa, I've been hoping for that since I, before I knew what girls were. I just wanted to be a grandpa because I experienced what, I knew what I was hoping for. I had assurance in what I hadn't seen yet. I still haven't seen the thing yet, but, but I, I know that. But when I, there's an inconsistency in my life, maybe you have the same problem. And, and I'll tell you the illustration for this. One of the people that interns for me took my life, one year of my life, and they put string on it and put it on a map. This is one year of my life. And this dear woman that said, yes, 32 years, two months and one week ago, I pulled into the driveway. She has not raised her voice or said a crossword in all that time. And, and it's a target rich environment. But when I, <laughs> I pulled into the driveway and this is what was in the window. <laughs> I'm not kidding. She wasn't saying I need, she needed help. She was like, buddy. Like, you need help, you're actually missing it. And that whole idea to just provide for your family, would you guys just continue to run home? When people, like Maria doesn't even know I'm in Minnesota right now. We just don't even talk about geography. When she is asked, where's Bob? She says he's on his way home. Because she had the guts and the grit to say, the way to provide for our family is to be one with us. Because you know what she's hoping for? That I'll be home. You know what she has an assurance for? Is that I'll return. I want us to continue to run home. Because that's the moon in the window. You get that thing right, you get everything right. You can do all kinds of terrific things. But like, continue to do that. But then don't just stay at your home. Say, what are other people hoping for? And is there a way, when I've got my house in order, how can I help some other people? There's a young guy, his name is Stephen. He was in northern Uganda, sleeping underneath a truck. The Lord's Resistance Army had killed both of his parents. You know what? He came to us when he was 10 years old. And his big ambition, he wanted to be an engineer. And so, but he didn't have access to school. I'm so like, well, come on over. Let's just put you through school. 18 years later, this is Stephen. He's an engineer. He just built his 58th building for us. You start hoping, having confidence in what you haven't seen, assurance in what's coming. That's what in the faith, when we're one, we're one with everybody. You do it from home. You find the people you love and you go like, let's make sure we're like, got this thing down and then just start spreading it around. Have you guys ever like left your house and thought, did I like lock the door? Did I turn off the oven? I, I, I took this old Suburban. I hooked up the trailer to it and, and we're driving. I bet I'm a hundred miles from San Diego. And I thought to myself, I, want, I don't remember latching the trailer. 
And you guys, I didn't hit the brakes. I pumped the brakes. And I got off to the side. You guys, it was unlatched. Literally, I was one bump in the road from having that thing pass me in the fast lane. <laughs> and I think if we don't know what we're hoping for, if we don't keep Jesus in the window, like we're one bump in the road from having catastrophe happen in our life. But don't just live in fear. Just start hoping for others. You know, when we've, uh, last time I was here, I told you about these witch doctors in Uganda and the, the, this horrible practice of sacrificing kids. Well, well, after that, we started a witch doctor school. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy. We don't teach them how to be witch doctors. They already know. What we do is we teach them how to read and write because we're hoping for that for them. We have assurance. We haven't seen it yet. You guys, they're learning. I have 250 witch doctors in witch doctor school. We just had a graduation and it's creepy. I told these guys, I, I said, you know, you guys are learning how to read and write and I'm writing the next book. So what if we do this? I'll write all the words and you make the cover out of your fingerprints. And so they took all of their fingerprints and this is the cover. <laughs> Those are not balloons. They're the fingerprints of people that have been creeping me out. And what you do, people who know why they're doing what they're doing, that we want to be one, even with the people who creep us out. I'll tell you, people like that understand what faith is. Faith is confidence in what we're hoping for, in assurance in what we haven't seen yet. Let me pray for us. Jesus, You've been listening to this morning, this, this, your heart. You know what we want. Give us the guts and the grit to just have faith in you. Make us one. Let us keep the moon in the window and engage the people we've been avoiding and love them the way that you've loved us. In your strong name, amen.